Welcome back to the Deeper Dive Podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a Year. Today is day number 294, and we begin with number 2241. The more prosperous nations are obliged, to the extent they are able, to welcome the foreigner in search of the security and the means of livelihood which he cannot find in his country of origin. Public authorities should see to it that the natural right is respected that places a guest under the protection of those who receive him. Political authorities, for the sake of the common good for which they are responsible, may make the exercise of the right to immigrate subject to various um, (laughs) juridical conditions, especially with regard to the immigrants' duties toward their country of adoption. Immigrants are obliged to respect with gratitude the material and spiritual heritage of the country that receives them, so obey its, to obey its laws and to assist in carrying civic burdens. The citizen is obliged in conscience not to follow the directives of civil authorities when they are contrary to the demands of the moral order, to the fundamental rights of persons or the teachings of the gospel, refusing obedience to civil authorities when their demands are contrary to those of an upright conscience finds its jurisdiction in the distinction between serving God and serving the political community. Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. We must obey God rather than men. When citizens are under the oppression of a public authority which oversteps its competence, they should still not refuse to give or to do what is objectively demanded of them by the common good. But it is legitimate for them to defend their own rights and those of their fellow citizens against the abuse of this authority within the limits of the natural law and the law of the gospel. Armed resistance to oppression by political authority is not legitimate unless all the following conditions are met. One, there is certain grave and prolonged violation of fundamental rights. Two, all other means of redress have been exhausted. Three, such resistance will not provoke worse disorders. Four, there is a well-founded hope of success, and five, it is impossible reasonably to foresee any better solution. Every institution is inspired, at least implicitly, by a vision of man and his destiny, from which it derives the point of reference for its judgment, its hierarchy of values, its line of conduct. Most societies have formed their institutions in the recognition of a certain preeminence of man over things, Only the divinely revealed religion has clearly recognized man's origin and design and, sorry, destiny in God, the creator and redeemer. The church invites political authorities to measure their judgments and decisions against this inspired truth about God and man. Societies not recognizing this vision or rejecting it in the name of their independence from God are brought to seek their criteria and goal in themselves or to borrow them from some ideology. Since they do not admit that one can defend an objective criterion of good and evil, they arrogate to themselves an explicit or implicit totalitarian power over man and his destiny, as history shows. The church, because of her commission and competence, is not to be confused in any way with the political community. She is both the sign and the safeguard of the transcendent character of the human person. The church respects and encourages the political freedom and responsibility of the citizen. It is a part of the church's mission to pass moral judgments, even in matters related to politics, whenever the fundamental rights of man or the salvation of souls requires it, 
The means, the only means she may use are those which are in accord with the gospel and the welfare of all men according to the diversity of times and circumstances. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. Um, you know, the question of how, of what, what we are called to do as Christians and as members of the church uh, is is one that, you know, we kind of can see throughout this reading of uh, not necessarily being able to just identify this kind of black and white principles, but rather they're questions of prudence, uh, questions of how to perfectly interact, um, because there just are things that are not necessarily of of major moral character, um, and rather can be um, kind of understood in different ways, and still fall within the uh, appropriate realm of of morality. And so, the catechism is a little bit vague, while also giving great principles to be able to apply them to different situations, which is more important. So we have things like how the foreigner is to act when he comes into a country, right? He does not get to impose himself upon that uh, culture, right? He has to follow the norms, uh, assuming they are moral, uh, and uh, uh, follow the norms of that place. Um, we also have the the other end of that of when does a citizen then uh, try to, or how does a citizen contradict the the rules of of the nation? And it should be rare. Uh, I think it's one of the things that is sometimes lost is um, as Americans because we have just this. Uh, kind of written into our DNA that that we like to rebel. We we have a tendency to uh, stand up for individual rights. We have a tendency to, um, you know, look back with uh, kind of romantic eyes at the you know Revolutionary War and uh, and all of all of that follows around our history of of <coughs> this is good to resist the the strength of the government. But we kind of see the church kind of says, well, hold on, you know, we we actually should follow the things of the state as often as possible. We definitely don't jump to armed resistance, which uh, unfortunately is becoming more common in our discourse today. Uh, that the, That's not a Catholic principle in any, in any degree. It must be rejected. Um, but we, but it does lay out the principles for what if it needs to happen, because there are times in which it is required Um Things you know, the resistance fighters of World War II were doing an actively good duty, um, but it was because there was no other option. Truly, um, so how does the church then interact? Well, she acts not so much as just another member within the political community, but rather as outside of the political community. That's an important thing to to recognize: is that the church should not be confused with any political party or ideology, but rather should be this external source of of moral teaching and witness to something greater, to the transcend, transcendental nature of man, the spiritual side of man. Uh, this is important. It's why the church very rarely speaks about things like tax policy, right? Because that's not really in the moral realm until it becomes excessive or whatnot. But, um, but rather, the church speaks when, when she's needed. Uh, things like grave grave immoral things like euthanasia and abortion when she speaks when armed conflicts are unnecessary but yet are around the corner she speaks when uh it is needed but not on every issue it's actually a good thing it's a good thing to know 
who you are and then speak from there. And she's very clear. Our, our role as church is to work for the salvation of man and the proclamation of the gospel, not to uh, become like the rest of the world, to become like an, every other voice that exists. We look to the church not for every answer, but rather to the ultimate answer of how to get to eternal life.